Welcome to Hashtag Wolves in the 15th episode of the season. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will, in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? Doing great. We are here to catch you up on all things Timberwolves before the All-Star break. I'm feeling rested. The boys should be feeling rested and ready for the home stretch. Yeah, it's just kind of like a little, it's a break from the break. Yes, exactly. Carry so, us over into the next Wolves game. Right. The Wolves are on the on a break outside of our all-star performers. We are not on a break, so hopefully you enjoy kind of hearing all of our takes on the past stretch of games. So what we'll be covering in this episode is kind of a fast recap of the six games and some takeaways from that stretch. And then we're going to dive into kind of the end of the season look and some predictions, our own, and Noah's statistics for the rest of the year, and then maybe a little bit of Lynx talk. So, uh, I, if we have time, yes, ex- of course, of course. Um, there's a whole off season to take care of that. So, like I said, we had a six game stretch before we last potted, and the boys went two and four. Four losses and two wins, so it was nice that they put them into kind of two buckets like that for us to break down. Looking at the positives, we ended with two fun victories and some really solid games. We beat the Clippers and the Rockets. I want to do a quick sidebar on the Rockets game, if that's cool with you, Noah. It is. Because it was it was a very it was a very exciting one. I watched kind of intensely knowing that this was going to be the last game before the All-Star break. And Okogi shut James Harden down. I think that was really the big narrative. I don't know if you saw the picture of him blocking Harden's step back three. Yes. It was it was uh, quite the play. Harden, however, still had 42 points. So he could have had 45, but we held him to 42. Yeah, exactly. I'd say with his stretch, that counts as Okogi shutting him down. It was something crazy like the last 10 games or 5 games with 30 points. And so Akogi's quote from Dane Moore was that he wants to hold Harden to 29. Yes, exactly. And he, <laughs> he didn't, didn't even he didn't even get that covered. So he's basically been Wilt Chamberlain with a beard. But Wolves pick up the victory 121-111 uh, and had seven players in double figures. So even though it was close, it was a really solid game and one that I felt like we controlled at home. Towns had 25 and 9. Teague, who's been back, has 27 and 12. And I thought Dario played a really good game, even though he didn't fill up the stat sheet. He had 15 and 8. He's been playing well as a starter, so we'll talk about that a little bit. And Wiggins didn't miss a field goal, your boy. Yeah, this is really is not going to help. You're not setting me up for my Wiggins rant later. But I'm, but I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, exactly. One of the themes over this past stretch is that he missed the previous two games with an illness, and we won. So I'm just going to let that sit where it's at right now uh, and get into some of the other positives. Like I mentioned, Dario's been playing better. I was really digging for stats, and I found one that <laughs> I was looking for his last 10-game stretch, and it wasn't super impressive, but I did find that his points, rebounds, and assists were all up in February as compared to January, so... I mean, that's that's worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. And I think we saw like his player impact mm. estimate, which is just kind of one of those general catch-all advanced stats, was fifth um of those who got normal minutes in this time period and if you look at other advanced stats throughout the year he usually kind of ends up in that like 9 10 11 phase um so it seems like he almost had a like he started off pretty hot when he had covington with him Mm -hmm. and then once covington left he really dipped down into a a pretty average player honestly like definitely i know he's gonna be starting soon i've heard that but he definitely dropped down to a bench level performer and now it's 
at least reasonable and a good time to have him have starting minutes. And I, Tosh I agree. wasn't mad about it. I agree. Yeah. So him him starting, he's been starting the past few games, and he had only been playing kind of average, disappointing basketball. I will correct one stat to you, though. Technically, he's fifth in Wolves player impact. I'm going to slide him into fourth because the guy who's in fourth was C.J. Williams. No disrespect to our guy, C.J. Williams, but it was a four-minute sample size. So we're going to form well. Yeah, he definitely did over that stretch. And then the last couple positives I would point out are that Ryan has been Ryan Saunders has been tweaking his lineups and looking at more interesting lineups. Some of that out of necessity at point guard, but Dario's been starting. Luol Deng's been getting minutes. Wiggins has been hurt. Probably shouldn't point that out as a highlight, but you know, it's forced his hand a little bit. Busted Wiggins' knee. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Which has made him get really, really creative with his minutes. So those were the, those were the really positive things over the, stretch of games that i notice anything you want to throw in yeah it's also worth noting that with the experimentation of the new lineups obviously starting is different than not but from a minutes perspective him taj and Sarge have always had very similar minutes and it's worth noting in the houston game that dario started he had 24 taj had 22 so i think we'll see something that like that continue it was sort of a win-win because we've heard throughout the year that taj just is Unbelievably, this is the best. I don't care, right? Mm-hmm. About starting or not. From a stats perspective, Gibson's probably the better guy. But when you put that aside and you look at player development and things like that, obviously Sarge has more upside in the next five years than Gibson, right? Mm-hmm. So I think everyone was on the same page in that regard. But when you're adding up kind of just the sum of the parts, you're going to see that Sarge and Gibson will probably play pretty similar minutes. 33 and 21, 33 for Sarge against the Clippers. So some different you know, numbers, but you're not going to see Sarge with 40 gives him a 10. I, don't I think. agree. I agree. Taj is still too good at this point. Frankly, he's better, but I mean, that, that'll eventually change. Yeah. Taj is kind of the win now move. I think Dario seeing how he compliments Towns is a, is a really good long view move. And it's not like he's a project either. Yeah, he's I a think solid starter. The best for the best first lineup change Saunders can make. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who are calling for him to be experimental because you're in this nice pocket where you're not a horrible team, so you can still kind of fill the seats. And there's a lot of these moves where you can probably still keep winning with doing some lineup changes, but you don't have to be so picky because you have this 90% chance to make the playoffs because the Timberwolves don't. So I think he's in a nice spot to sort of experiment with the team while also stay competitive. And I just I just hope that he can continue to do that. And that it, this is an easy first move because mm-hmm. I don't think... There was that much lost by putting Taj on the bench and Sarge starting because of the lack of minutes change for either of them. I, I couldn't agree more. It sounds like sustainable coaching, you know, smart changes. So those were those were the positives. Uh, we won't dwell on the bad too much, but there are some important things to point out. In the four losses over this stretch, three were on the road, um, so we're still struggling there. And it was a chunk of four straight losses, which you never quite you know, want to see the boys not be able to bounce back and, you know, grit out a victory there on the road. The losses were really, really close, which is some silver lining, but you want to be able to close out games. Yeah. The losses were by this going back to the Denver game by one, two, ten, and five. So all really, really close margin. Frustrating. That could have really flipped. I mean, when you average out one, two, ten, and five, you get something like <laughs> quick math. Uh-oh. Um, but like four or five, right? Mm-hmm. Would be the median so 
it's sort of like that's not that far off from a normal margin. But mm-hmm. yes, one and two are very frustrating, right? Yes. So like it, it would only take four points to four or five points to flip those two games. So yeah, I get that. But. I agree. And then the the other point I would make is that we couldn't beat the Pelicans without Anthony Davis. He did play, but he's been on kind of a goofy minutes restriction. New Orleans situation has been all over the map. Del Dumpster fire. Yeah, Del Demps is gone. And he didn't play the fourth quarter, so the Wolves had a chance, you know, without one of the best players on the court to eke out a victory, and they lost by five. Bad. (laughs) Yep, so... Lost to a dumpster dumpster fire undersea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, kind of a rough stretch in that one, but we hit on the positives, closed out uh, before the All-Star break with two wins, and now we're sitting in a spot kind of looking ahead to the playoffs, and I would say it's not looking great. There's a lot of ominous signs here, but I don't think the playoffs are really our expectation no, anymore. It's, uh, if things come together that are honestly out of the Wolves' control, right? When you're in that probably like two or three games behind, you can just frankly win 70% of your games and you'll eventually grab whoever's ahead of you, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're in the 10% range, even if you do win those 70, 75% of your games and go on a massive streak, you're fully dependent on other teams failing and failing in like a perfect way, right? Mm-hmm. We're not one team of the teams you're sort of competing with emerges ahead and you can slide by because they're playing each other. Right. So it's sort of a difficult place to be in. I think you kind of just watch and observe instead of expect something, right? You yeah, there's still meaningful basketball, yeah. which is fun. The fact that it's not a minuscule chance or that we're not going after Zion, which I almost started advocating for at points during the season. Like it makes <laughs> it it makes it fun. So some of the stats we were looking at that, you know, they, they scared me, frankly, were we have the fifth toughest NBA uh strength of schedule according to Tankathon. So, you know, it highlights some of the opponents that we have coming up and it's a lot of Warriors, a couple bucks or one bucks game mixed in there um, and not a lot of easy games to pick up. Yeah. I mean, it's built into the 10% calculation and I'm sure the other teams in the West also have a high strength of schedule, but obviously fifth is not the place you want to be in. Um, Commenting more on that, there's pretty much three spots left in the West Mm -hmm. and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams competing for them. And two of them, three of them almost, Blazers, Spurs, and Clippers kind of have it on lock. So you need one of those three teams to really drop the ball. And then you compete with the Lakers, Kings, and Pelicans to grab that spot that was dropped by one of those teams. Right. I think that makes it sound way worse than 10%. To me, right? It's hard to perceive what 10% looks like, but but that scenario, it just makes, it seems like everything has to fall into place and the Wolves have to play really well against the fifth toughest schedule in the league. Mm-hmm. So 10% chance makes it seem possible, but when you put it in that context, like this team has to lose and you know what players they have there and you're also competing against you know anthony davis damian lillard cj mccollum you know all those other yeah, you're teams. frankly depending on like injuries and sort of acts of god on some level it's right not in our control adam silver yeah <laughs> um so tampering, tampering, tampering. <laughs> yeah right because the only two teams in the west that like aren't in it it's probably like the suns and the mavericks at this point so everybody else thinks that they have uh shot to make the the playoffs probably i think that's probably it yeah so really tough sledding going forward a lot of teams to compete against yes exactly like 
it's pretty easy to get to greater than 99% to make the playoffs since there's already five teams who are at it on 538. And it's pretty easy to go less than 1% because if you're a bad team, you already have a bad record. Mm-hmm. And you're still going to be a bad team continuing to the year. So 10% does say that you're a, you're a competitive team. Mm-hmm. Like it's Even if we don't make the playoffs, it's not a shock that we would go 500 the rest of the year just mm-hmm. from like a fan experience standpoint and being at the game. Right, right. And I think the fact that we're going to be playing some tougher teams down stretch makes it more fun. Like and it the, puts people in seats, right? Like right, they want would, to go see exciting teams. You watch both teams play. Right. One of the reasons I tuned into the Rockets game, you know, really from start to finish was the fact that right. James Harden has been on this crazy run and I wanted to see if we can beat him. And like we said, Josh Akogi shut him down. Let's not let's not forget his 42 point laps. So um, so hopefully yeah, we will continue to see some fun basketball, but I'm not exactly punching my playoff tickets just yet. No, it would be crazy. It'd be fun, but you can't expect it. It'd be insane. Right. But what we do know is on the heels of the Timberwolves season, playoffs or not, is the Minnesota Lynx season. Noah, I know you've been caught up on the Lynx. Do you want me or do you want you to give kind of the people the rundown? I, I genuinely want just like more Maya Moore explanation of what happened. I, I mm-hmm. don't know enough, but I think that's where most people's heads are at when they hear Lynx. Right. So uh, what Noah's alluding to is the fact that Maya Moore is going to be sitting out the 2019 season. But it's not like China related or injury. Or no, I, th- well, I think there's probably a myriad of reasons in there. But the main thing she cited, I think, in like kind of a press release and a tweet was to sort of work on her ministry. And I think what you can roll up into that is the fact that she's been playing year round for a long time. So rest is going to be a big motivator, probably continuing to build a personal brand because I think she's 29 right now. 29? Yeah. Isn't kind of crazy. I also forget that. There's not there's not one and done in the WNBA really right no I mean she I, I know though she played four years in four UConn, years so yeah so she's, she's coming in to our the league at 22 versus right. Kat and Wiggins who would what be finishing up college almost yeah exactly <laughs> so it's it's really not to if there was a time when the best NBA player took like a two year break to go play baseball or something like that it would be a huge story so it really is crazy and the Lynx and Cheryl Reeve have been really vague about whether or not like hey what happens when she comes back is her contract all figured out and from I mean, everything they might not even have answers from mine yeah right? exactly exactly so it's it's truly a bummer because it I thought with my more and Sylvia Fowles the Lynx still had a really solid one-two punch but it'll probably be you know not a playoff year for the team with just fouls and Simone Augustus back. But honestly, back. their brand is sort of like a, in the WNBA, is sort of like a Red Sox or Cubs where you just go to the game mm-hmm. regardless of the situation or the team, right? Mm-hmm. It's I know it's obviously a much more low-profile league, but... Like when you go to those games, you can tell that like they they will still be selling out. Like yeah, the, the Lynx faithful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they've been the dominant team of basically the last nine years since Maya Moore's been in the league. And then the WNBA goes through dynasties way more than the NBA. So it's kind of you know maybe maybe our time. You know, it's done for this window is kind of closed, which is a bummer. But yeah, it's stupid for a Minnesota sports fan to say, but it might be fun to watch the Lynx go through more of a grit season yeah i'm looking forward to like you know what the next chapter has to bring but if you're not closing the page on the links just yet you'd be excited to hear that simone augustus resigned 
we went out and picked up free agent Christmas uh, Charisma Christmas Kelly. So it's Christmas in February. Mm-hmm. And Demiris Dantis is back. We signed her as a restricted free agent, which Huge I wouldn't. Move. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's noteworthy, except for the fact that she was on the links before and she got dealt in the Sylvia Fowles deal. So when they play each other in the post and practice, it's probably like, so, you know, how, yeah. how was your time uh, when you got traded for me? So uh, that's kind of all things links. Are you feeling excited now? Caught up? feel informed yes <laughs> yes this is links public radio right now to make it back about the wolves again i think it is important to also talk about the ugly that we saw i know you touched on the first four straight losses that we saw yes yeah, so we're done talking about the links now i think so okay well, i just needed a hard break on that segment okay good transition go Wiggins, I think, is a part of the ugly. Oh, yes. Definitely um, needs needs some time there. Yeah. So I looked at the those who are in the top 150 in minutes played in the league right now, just to sort of get a top five on each team on average sort of starter minutes. Mm-hmm. And for box plus minus, he's 145 out of 150 with a max contract. So I think if you adjusted for top 150 in the league in minutes played who have max contracts or something, it would, it would look even more bleak. Yeah. But some hate advanced stats or like they're they are more difficult to understand or kind of have. Yeah, break it down for the people. Give give them a more simple figure. Yeah, one forty two of one fifty in field goal percentage. That's kind of Wiggins' job, right? If you're like Russell Westbrook, gets super high in advanced stats, but his field goal percentage is actually pretty similar to Wiggins. But when you're getting that many rebounds and that many assists, and I I can't speak to his turnovers and other things like that, but he's he's active in other areas. Mm-hmm. But sort of the last area where Wiggins is going to shine a little bit is vehicle percentage or that's what we're hoping right right and so and then 148 in true shooting percentage because that takes into account free throws and threes and the, the value of a three he hasn't been shooting great at all from three and his free throws are probably below average right yep so it kind of whatever way you spin it you see bad stats so and obviously there's been a lot of wiggins hate from me and others it's a pretty easy take when someone has a max contract and isn't performing but I think where it's sort of solidified now is that you've gone through different coaches, you've gone through different lineups, I don't know, different eras in your life. I mean, he's obviously not a seasoned old vet. But, but he's not a rookie anymore. Yeah, but like, I'm not even, just be a starter. Like, like you could even have a conversation. It won't happen, I don't think, because everyone thinks they can develop him, right? Because mm-hmm. you see the athleticism, so it's so tempting. But like, just be an average starter. And I think people would really shut up because then you can sort of make an excuse that he's the best player on the team or something. Like if you're a Wiggins stan and he's starting and he's worth starting, you're going to be like, okay, he's my favorite. I love him. Mm-hmm. And no one would really be that pissed. But it's just honestly like a, he's a bench player quality wise. And so I think the, the era of Wiggins is going to be this, this, and this in these five years is sort of over. And it's almost like, what can we salvage from this broken car? Yeah, no, that's that's the way it is in my head. You know, I, I keep going back to the, you know, the player comps that we talked about. Like, oh, if you're going to tell me he's Josh Smith or he's Rudy Gay, like, okay, I know what to make of that, but he's not going to be LeBron or you know any other really star all star level level player. So, and those shooting numbers that you brought up, you know, 145 out of 50, well that's box plus minus, but 142 out of 150 in field goal percentage and 148 in true shooting, like his the guys strength, below him are 
people that they're taking chances on like they used to with Wiggins. Right. You know, it's like Colin, Colin Sexton, Sexton and yep. like these new rookies who were super hot in college. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying it out. But the Wolves are kind of embarrassing themselves by sort of making that comparison when he's been in the league this long. Right. And the thing that's crazy to me is if, if you grabbed a random fan at Target Center with a Wiggins jersey on and said, well, what's Wiggins' one strength to be like? Well, he's a pretty good shooter, pretty good scorer. And you'd go, well, when you look at it, that's really not the case. You know? Yeah, and it's not, it has nothing to do with advanced stats. Like, once right. someone's that bad, they're just, on paper, it's just going to be kind of red or bad across yeah. the board, right? And that's what we're starting to see. So I don't really have an answer for what we should do lineup-wise. I wouldn't mind if he came off the bench, but mm. I just, I can feel it in my bones that it just wouldn't. Right work like money wise putting fans in seats wise you know when you bench like probably the second or third most popular player on the wolves right Compton absolutely yeah built his base you got towns but not everyone's Ro- a taj uh, stan Town, you know towns and rose and then probably wiggins third yeah so it'll be interesting to see i don't have any like tangible advice for what the wolves should do but i think it's it's starting to get to the point where it's pretty objective, right? You right. don't need to create this weird narrative to get at how bad he is. <laughs> right. And the last thing that I would mention, too, is I've I've heard some people say that um, kind of from the other perspective, if Ryan Saunders can unlock Andrew Wiggins, you know, will he get his job back? And that is such an unfair standard to if, set. But if, but if he does, he'll... he'll so keep I mean, job. they should give him a Nobel Prize if yeah, he does right? that. Like, yeah. But if that's like this is the worst that Saunders could do is fail on a weekend. It's like, that's kind of the expectation. Right, exactly. So I think our expectations are kind of at a, at a similar level for Andrew. Definitely. And like, let go of the money and just move on, I guess. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So that was kind of the, everything Timberwolves pre all-star break, anything that you watched over, over the weekend, I saw some highlights. I didn't digest all-star weekend as much as I always say I'd like Honestly, to. It's been nice to see it from like an Instagram level, some like funny clips and stuff and see that people are getting a break. Mm-hmm. And from an objective sense, like people will come back rested. Yeah, actually, exactly. So, uh, after the all-star break is done, we're playing the Knicks and the Bucks, so we've got a couple games on the road to kick things back up. Uh, we should mention, like we said last time, Okogi played in the Rising Stars game. Saw some fun highlights from him and Towns. He just rep- like a fun dude. So. Yeah, Towns representing the All Star game tonight. So you can check out your Wolves, or you know, watch it on replay when you're listening to this podcast. So two for one. Yeah, exactly. Well, with that, how how.